Marseillaise had long since disappeared. Only a small number of Napoleon's soldiers, such as the elite Imperial Guard, were still motivated and committed to his cause by this time. The war weariness that makes itself felt throughout Voltaire's diaries was experienced more generally across Europe, and for good reason. Almost a quarter of a century of more or less continuous war had left everyone numb with suffering and despair. If Jakob Walter had any kind of commitment, it was to the strong Catholic faith that sustained him during his experience. But this did not prevent him from portraying, in graphic detail, the increasingly dehumanizing effects of the conflict on its participants. After his return to his homeland, Jakob Walter settled down once more to an unremarkable life as a stonemason. He married in 1817, and the couple had ten children. Five of them survived to 1856, when Jakob, now a relatively prosperous building contractor and overseer, wrote a letter with news about the family to his son, who had emigrated to America and was living in Kansas. The following year, the young man travelled back to Germany to visit his parents and married a local girl, the daughter of the mayor of a village near Elwangen. According to family tradition, he took the manuscript memoirs of his father back with him on his return to Kansas in 1858. Here, the memoirs remained in the family's possession until they were made available to scholarship in the early 1930s. Jakob Walter himself lived on in Elwangen for another few years, dying in 1864. His wife survived him and died in 1873. Almost everything about him remains hidden from us, like the lives of countless other villagers in the 19th century. Only his experiences in the Grand Army's fateful expedition to Moscow, the fact that, unlike most of those who took part in it, Walter survived the ordeal, and the chance circumstances, whatever they were, that led him to put down these experiences in writing, raise him above the common obscurity in which the vast majority of Europeans led their lives. On the way back from Moscow, Jakob Walter had at one point caught a glimpse of Napoleon himself, sitting down for an alfresco meal near the Berezina River. He was not impressed. He watched his army pass by in the most wretched condition. What he may have felt in his heart is impossible to surmise. His outward appearance seemed indifferent and unconcerned over the wretchedness of his soldiers. Only ambition and lost honour may have made themselves felt in his heart, and, although the French and allies shouted into his ears many oaths and curses about his own guilty person, he was still able to listen to them unmoved. By this stage of the disastrous retreat from Moscow, the majority of Napoleon's surviving troops had nothing but hatred and contempt for him. Ripped from their domestic lives by the insatiable engine of the French Empire's military recruiting machine, 685,000 troops from Germany, Poland, Italy, and France, the last named supplying fewer than half the total, had marched on Russia. Fewer than 70,000 had returned, leaving 400,000 dead and more than 100,000 prisoners of the Russians.
with an unknown number of stragglers and deserters making their way back unrecorded. Further battles, in which Napoleon was driven back relentlessly westwards by a coalition of European armies led by the British, the Prussians, the Austrians and the Russians, had caused further carnage. Finally, in 1814, the Allies had occupied Paris, forcing Napoleon into exile on the Mediterranean Isle of Elba. It used to be thought that the damage inflicted by the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars was relatively light compared to the devastation wrought by later conflicts. Yet altogether, in 23 years of more or less continuous warfare that had swept back and forth across Europe in the wake of the French Revolution, an estimated 5 million people had died. Compared to Europe's population as a whole, this was...